Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Hello, good morning, welcome. It's great to see uh, a full house in a bingo hall, isn't it? But anyway, <laughs> hey, that joke never gets old, honest. Don't like me. Um, okay, those of you who are visiting, we've been doing a series called Love Is, um, and uh, we're looking at 1 Corinthians 13, and the point is this, that God is love. So all these qualities of love are what God is. But actually, this letter was written to people, to churches. So actually, the expectation is that we are love as well, and that love is those things. So we have to you know, become more like God. And um, over the last few weeks, one of the things I've been encouraging people to do is to find a way to remember the verses we're looking at. So let's see how well you're doing without looking. Love is... Right, you can shout, okay? You don't have to be timid. If you're not going to shout inside this building, you ain't going to talk out there, okay? If you're not going to do it in here, you're not going to do it in the, in the community. So come on, love is, love is, love is not, uh, get, get it in order, come on. Love is not proud, <laughs> love is not, you're all getting worried now that you're getting it wrong. Love is not jealous, love is not proud, love is not self-seeking. Love is, we're not up today, are we, you see? Love, last week we did love is slow to anger. And there was another bit with that. Okay, I'm getting it from everyone. Keeps no records wrong. Is today. Okay. So you're getting there, aren't you? Can you see? Not really. Chris is shaking his head. Um, if this was an exam, I think you've probably failed. But anyway, we'll see. But we're getting there, aren't we? Uh, you know, who's put, put your hand up if you're remembering these verses throughout the week as we do them. Yeah, Maria, well done. A few people. Jeff Chad, there's a reason for you, though, isn't there? We know that. Okay. Uh, for those of you who haven't been coming, we, I set a challenge. And first week, Chris wrote down the verses and put it on his fridge. Is it still there, Chris? Do you see it every time you get the milk out? See it every time you go and get a bacon for your bacon butty? Yeah, okay. And are you remembering it, Chris? Slowly. Okay. Well, uh, last week... I had a bit of a go at Jeff Chad, um, and he gets a lot of shout-outs. And I had a bit of a go at Jeff Chad for just using his light box, trying to impress us. And this week, he sent me this. He sent me this, which was, love is not jealous. And then underneath it said, but Johnny, don't get angry. I've only got a few letters, okay? That, that's the wrong one, isn't it? Love is slow to anger. It should have been last week. Yeah, don't get angry. I've sent the wrong one through. It's fine. Then I did get an email from Jeff saying, hi, Johnny. I was a bit disappointed with your view last week that I only used part of the text. So I've had the scaffolding and paintbrush out this afternoon, Jeff, with this picture attached. Okay. <laughs> now, when you go to Jeff's house, that is on his wall, okay? Computer generated, all right? So when you drive past their house, it's very, very impressive having a go. I believe Naomi probably played a part in that as well, maybe. Maybe, just maybe. But, um, and Naomi Chad gets a shout out this week because she sent this from her journaling. You know, there we go. Got to bend your head to the side. Actually, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. And she'll see that every time she opens that part of the Bible. So she's going to open that part of the Bible every day. So she remembers it, aren't you, Naomi? Um, Maria, Maria Travers has got this on her wall. 
That's pretty impressive, isn't it? You know, it's a tree with roots and love always. That's quite creative, isn't it? Pretty impressive if she sees that every day. And the Wednesday Connect group. Stand up. If you're here and you're on the Wednesday Connect group, just stand up a minute. Okay. Yeah. These people. Okay. They sent this picture on social media. Look at that, eh? Look at that. So now they've all got to hang out with each other every day so they can read those verses and remember them. They also sent a video of them reading it as well. Very, very impressive. So the question is this, can you beat it? Please try. Because <laughs> come on, it's good, isn't it? Because we're seeing God's truth on Facebook walls. And we're seeing God's truth shared amongst our friends because God is love. And love is or is not some of those things. And so this morning, we're going to look at love isn't a scorekeeper. So I'm not going to keep a score of how many times Jeff Chad answers the competition, because love is not a scorekeeper. But we're going to read it through. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8. Read it with me. We're getting used to this now, hopefully. Okay, it should come up on the screen. <laughs> Just talk about yourselves. Corey stepped in, bless him. Well done, Corey. Let's do it without, I'm sure we can try. I'll read it. You join in with the words that you can. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. We're getting the grips with this, aren't we? We're getting to grips. I very nearly this morning handed out some scorecards for people to count how many times I said certain phrases. Uh, but love isn't a scorekeeper. It doesn't keep a record of our mistakes. You know, it's not like the people who look at me when I play a wrong note on the piano. They don't keep a record of my mistakes. They don't keep a tally chart of how many times I say certain phrases. Now, how often do we drag up others past mistakes? Yeah? Having a little argument or a disagreement and maybe you drag up something from their past or something that's hurt you before. Or maybe you're in trouble and then you go, you see it in school, don't you? Children in trouble with the teacher. Suddenly go, yeah, but, but they did this. <laughs> and we drag it up again, don't we? And how many times in life do we drag up others past mistakes? Parents and children. We do it, don't we? Yeah, we do. Husbands and wives. It's called unforgiveness. There's a word for it as well, which is Resentment. Okay, love is not a scorekeeper. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. I was going to give those scorecards out, but it has been pointed out that I say certain words or phrases quite often. So Jeff Chad, maybe. I say Jeff Chad quite often. People who listen to the podcast from around the world will wonder who this famous man is in Barrow. Maybe recently I've said, are you with me? Because you look like you're not sometimes. So if you look like you are with me, it's really helpful. Maybe I'll say, are you still awake? Yes, thanks, Steve. Okay, maybe I'll say, thanks, Steve, because he's the one who does shout out and encourage me. But um, many years ago, it was pointed out that I say this morning quite often. Because it is this morning, isn't it? And uh, it was pointed out that I regularly say this morning. And so one of my young people at the time decided to make a remix of the podcast. And here it is. You've heard it before, some of you. This morning, 
You get the message, okay. It goes on a little bit longer than that. Ray Tate even gets in on the action. Uh, this morning, you know. So I nearly gave out a sheet of paper and said, well, every time I say this morning, you can tick it off. And if you get to 10, you can stand up and shout bingo or something like that. But, um, you know, love doesn't keep score. It's not loving to be reminded of our past mistakes. And I want to start off this morning saying this. If you have accepted Jesus as your saviour, if you're a Christian this morning, if you've chosen yes to him, he is not keeping a record of your mistakes. That's good, isn't it? Yeah? I can remember being told as a kid at some camps that when you get to heaven, you'll be sat in this cinema and there'll be a screen in front of you and um, all your family will be with you, all your friends will be with you and all of a sudden the film will come on and it's a film of everything you've done in your life, including your thoughts. How terrifying would that be? But that's not true because God chooses to forget what we've done wrong. And he says, your past doesn't matter now. It's irrelevant. It's in the past. I think it's Timon and Pumbaa in The Lion King that say you've got to put your behind in your past, isn't it? Or you've got to put your past behind you is the actual phrase. But love doesn't keep score. And you know, the disciples that were with Jesus every day for at least three years were the same. They kept score. And they were worried about forgiveness. Are you worried about forgiveness this morning? As far as God is concerned, he says, and his promises are yes and amen, you can be forgiven. Your past can be wiped away, and your today is the start of your future. And he will not hold it against you. He will not keep a record of wrongs. Well, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, and verses 21 to 35, Peter starts saying this. At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven. It's a bit like Len Goodman, isn't he? Seven. Okay, that's a Strictly fan joke. I don't watch Strictly, but there you go. How many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? And then he suggests seven. The perfect number. Can you imagine if somebody hurts you? Can you imagine if Jeff got upset every time I said his name in church? And he thought, right, I'll let him say it seven times and I'm going to punch him. Or can you imagine, you know, the times that, you know, Ryan Clyde wrote this morning. I've got to forgive him more than seven. There's at least more than seven this morning's in that remix. He did. Thank you. Okay. Is that the this morning? And, and you know, for a while, that made me really paranoid. <laughs> it made me really paranoid. I had to stop myself from saying it because somebody had kept a record of my mistakes. And I don't even think it's a mistake in reality. It was just a thing I said. But can you imagine if someone hurts you? To forgive them seven times would be pretty impressive, wouldn't it? It's pretty impressive seven times. So when Peter said to Jesus, seven, he was saying, you know, that's quite an impressive number. Seven is the perfect number. So it must be the perfect number of times to forgive. But love is patient. It shows patience, doesn't it? So to forgive seven times, but verse 22, Jesus says this. Jesus replied, seven? <laughs> Hardly. Try 70 times seven. 70 times seven, that's a big number, isn't it? 490, for those of you who are trying to work it out in your head. 490. Rebecca, did you get that? Yeah? No, I'm doing some maths tutoring, Rebecca, so we'll try it. Don't just stop there, Jesus is saying. Don't just stop. Can you imagine somebody who has a star chart on the fridge and every time the person upsets them, they go and put another sticker until they get to 489 and they think, oh, tomorrow I can really respond to this. You know, 
how sad would that be? To have a, a 490 space star chart to keep a note of when somebody had upset you. Jesus isn't saying, just stop at 490 and then you can do what you like. Jesus is saying, you've got to keep doing it. You've got to not keep a record because to keep 490 mistakes record, recorded would take some fair commitment, wouldn't it? Yeah? It would take some fair commitment. And Jesus is saying, don't keep a record. Don't be a scorekeeper. When somebody upsets you, he often said, turn the other cheek. When somebody hurts you, what did, you, what did Jesus himself say as people were pulling his beard out, as people were tying him and beating him, as people were nailing him to a cross? Jesus' response to those people was, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus does not keep a record of your mistakes or my mistakes. How good is that? We need to get excited because Jesus says the past is wiped clean. The slate is wiped free. And actually, you can go from this place right now knowing that you're set free, knowing that you're forgiven, because God is not a scorekeeper. Don't start a sticker chart of the wrongs that people have caused you. Do you know what's really sad? More often than not, it only takes one hurt to upset us. More often than not, it only takes one thing before we start stewing on it, before we start stirring in our hearts, and before we, we form an opinion of somebody. Somebody might upset us once, and we form an opinion that can last for a lifetime. Seven's not enough, so once definitely isn't. And Jesus says, actually, more than that, keep forgiving. Don't be a scorekeeper. When somebody hurts you, be patient, be kind, you know, because love doesn't keep score. Love forgives and love chooses to let go. You know, it's been said, if you don't forgive somebody, you're allowing them to live rent-free in your head. You know, if you don't forgive somebody, every single room and situation you go into, they are there with you because you've tied them to your leg or your wrist and you are dragging them around with you like a trophy hurt. If you don't forgive somebody, then actually... You are taking them. Maybe you think you're imprisoning them. But actually, you're the jailer. You've got a full-time job <laughs> to keep them imprisoned. But God says, don't keep score. God says, forgive, let go, no matter what. Doesn't say it's easy. Was it easy for Jesus to say, Father, forgive them? No. But he did it because he had compassion, because he is love. And love does not keep score. Jesus explains with this parable, verses 23 onwards, the kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square accounts with his servants. As he got underway, one servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of $100,000. A lot of money, yeah? A lot of money. He couldn't pay up. So the king ordered the man, along with his wife, children, and goods, to be auctioned off at the slave market. That's justice, isn't it? But the poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. Touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing his debt. That's what Jesus does for you and me. doesn't matter whether you owe him £10 or £100,000. He will let you off your debt because he's already paid the price for you. His death paid the price for everything wrong you've ever done and everything wrong you are ever going to do. So long as you say, I accept that payment, 
I'll take that check you've written for me because he doesn't keep score. If you're a Christian this morning, if you said yes to Jesus, your debt is erased. Your past is wiped clean. Is that good? Let's get excited. Yes. Yes, because Jesus says nothing. The only thing that's unforgivable is if you turn your back on me. So that means everything you've ever done can be forgiven. Everything you've ever done can be forgiven. Not one of us in here is good enough or bad enough for Jesus. He loves us all, no matter what. You know, there were two people on Monday having a chat about crowns. And when we get to heaven, oh, we're going to get crowns. I hope I'll get lots of crowns. And do you know, they started getting jealous. And actually, last night, I collected some paper crowns from the crackers. So I'm going to give them to them. and They can have as many paper crowns as they like. But God doesn't keep score. He doesn't keep score. He's not interested in keeping score. He's not interested in you and your efforts so much as you and your willingness. He's not as interested in your, your works and good deeds he's, as he is in your surrender and your submission. Because he says, I've got the best way. It doesn't matter. You know, crowns in heaven, what matters most is that you're there. What matters most is that you're forgiven. And this morning, every single person in this room can be. You just have to accept it. And you just have to say thank you and sorry. And then live life with him. It goes on to say this. The same servant, verse 28, was no sooner out of the room when he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him $10. $10. (laughs) How much is that in pounds, Eric? 720, yeah, seven pounds 20. So the other guy, 100,000 must be about 720,000 pounds then, if we're working on the same exchange. So he's been forgiven 720,000 dollars, pounds. Something like that, 72,000, there we go. Let me get my maths right, sorry Rebecca. Um, And then he comes out and somebody owes him seven pounds 20. And what does he do? He does this, he seized him by the throat and demanded pay up now. And then listen to the words because the person who owed him the money says exactly the same things that he's already said to his boss, to the king. The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. When the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. The king summoned the man and said, you evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? The king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. And that is exactly what my father in heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy. Love keeps no record of wrongs. If you're forgiven by God today, you have been forgiven much. If we start saying, I'm not going to forgive that, then we're saying we're better than God. If we say, I won't forgive you, then you're saying you're bigger and better than God, and you're more important than God, and maybe you're more holy than God, but that's not true, is it? God is holy, and yet he says to you, 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 and me, I forgive you. I love you. I wipe the past away. You don't need to feel shame. You don't need to feel guilt because I've paid the price. Jesus was made shame for you. 
Jesus was made guilt for you. He was made sin for you. So you could be free. Because love doesn't keep score. What we harbor in our hearts today, notice I didn't say this morning, don't. What are we harboring in our hearts today? What is it? Who is it that we refuse to let go of? Who do we find gets our hackles rising if their name comes up? Who do we find starts to make us uncomfortable if they walk in a room? Because of something they've done to hurt us. One thing maybe. Maybe it's more than one thing. But I can bet you now it's not 490. I can bet you now it's not 490. So you've got a long way to go before you fill that sticker chart. Don't fill the sticker chart. It's a metaphor. Luke 7 verse 47 says this, whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. So do you know what's exciting about that? If you've got a lot to be forgiven, you're gonna have a lot of love. And love is patient, love is kind, and love is not a scorekeeper. It doesn't keep a record of your past. Can we get this message in? And yet some of us will still go from this place this morning feeling guilty, feeling ashamed for things we've done in our past, but love does not keep a record of wrongs. So we don't need to. We don't need to. We are set free so long as we choose to set others free. Do you understand that? When we still feel shame and guilt, sometimes it's because we're holding on to others' shame and guilt who've wronged us. Let's choose to not keep record. If you've been forgiven lots by God, then you will be filled with more love because you'll acknowledge what's been done. You'll acknowledge what's been done. Learn from Jesus. Have you ever tried keeping a record of rights? I don't mean this is my right, I'm going to do it. Like somebody who said, you know, it's my right to walk on a zebra crossing, they should stop. It's no good if they hit you, is it? Okay? Have you ever tried keeping a record of blessing? Spend your day with a notebook and say, this has been good today. Keep a record of rights, not keep a record of wrongs. There's a sticker chart. Keep a record of right. Keep a record of the things that have been done for you that are good. Even if it's just waking up in the morning and saying, God... I've got up and it's a new day. A new day to excel. That's the phrase at the minute, isn't it? I'm a celebrity fan. There you go. Touching all the quality TV programs this morning. No. Don't keep a record of my this mornings. Don't keep a record of my wrongs, okay? Now I've pointed it out to you, you're going to be doing it every week, aren't you? You're going to be sitting there saying, oh, we're five this morning. It was a five. Oh, there's, there's another one. They're creeping in without me even knowing it. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Oggy come back Oggy was supposed to be on the words this morning oh I've done it again <laughs> see it's so easy you try stop it it's alright Corey I forgive you I don't keep a record of how many times you've done it it's fine keep a record of rights write them down don't just try and remember them because we're rubbish we forget we're not even very good at remembering this verse that we've been looking at for about a month we forget, so keep a record of rights. Stop holding on to the hurt. Stop holding on to the hate. Keep a record of rights. Look for the good in others. And here's a challenge, particularly those that you struggle with. <sighs> Look for the good in others, particularly those that you struggle with. 
Jot it down. Hold those thoughts before you in prayer as you lift the one you resent before God several times every day. Have you seen The Shack, the film? There's a bit where, I'm spoiler alert, sorry. He has to forgive somebody who's done something terrible and he walks from a mountaintop down to where he's staying and all the way he just keeps saying, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. At first, I don't think he really means it. But the more he says it, the more he allows God in. The more he says it, the more he allows love in because love doesn't keep score. Doesn't keep a record of wrongs. As you do those things, as you perhaps write those things down for the good that's been done to you, for the people who've helped you, you'll develop a new way of thinking about people who are made in God's image. Because you'll start to see them how God sees them. Some of you might struggle with me. If you do, I'm glad you're here. Well done. But if you, str- <laughs> if you struggle with me, you're not supposed to laugh at that, okay? If you struggle with me, pray for me. Because then you'll start to see me as God sees me. Because I know I'm his. No matter what my past has held, I know I'm his. I know I'm free. And I know I'm forgiven. And that's amazing, isn't it? So I want you to see me how God sees me. Don't see me as a mistake-ridden person. See me as somebody who, who, who God sees. You know, a lot of people say, oh, Johnny, you do this, you do that. Do you know, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't for God in me. I want to point to the glory of Jesus, not to me. You know, if I've given you a lift, it's not because of me, it's because of God. Because he is the one, he's the hope of glory in my life. I want to share some words that are taken from a thing called the big book. Because AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, came from a Christian heart. It came from a heart to see how God is the only one who can put people right. And this is, a, this is a, a, an excerpt from the big book for Alcoholics Anonymous. It says this, If you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. Good advice. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it, go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and to want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding and love. That's from the big book. This is from the good book. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's a bit more succinct. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Wow. Can we see this this morning? Oh, I've done it again. Can we see this? Love does not keep score. Sometimes it's close family that we keep score with. More often than not, it's people who we don't even really know the struggles they have. More often than not, it's people who are coming from a place of hurt themselves. There's a saying, isn't there? Hurt people, hurt people. And do you know every person in this room this morning has got some hurt they're carrying? Do you know what God says? Let it go. Let it go, yeah? Don't hold it in anymore. Because then you will be free. 
Why? Because the truth sets you free. The truth sets you free. Do you know, forgiveness isn't letting people off the hook. You've got to understand what forgiveness is. It's not letting people off the hook. It's not saying what they've done is okay. It's not sweeping it under the carpet. It's not saying, well, I'll just forget about it even though it's hurt me. But it is taking the hook out of yourself. It is unchaining yourself from the person who's hurt you. It is choosing to let go and allow God to heal. And do you know what? He most certainly will. That is his promise. He will. Love is not a scorekeeper. As I finish, there was a rugby team in the news this week and they've decided to stop playing professional rugby. They were only at a low level. Anyone see this story? Yeah, no? Why did they give up why did they decide to give up playing games? Because they lost 240 nil. 240 nil. I'm amazed the person keeping score had enough space. Maybe they had a sticker chart with 240 spaces on. 240 nil. So many mistakes. So many mistakes that team were making, they decided to give up and quit. And there was the score in black and white. The score was there, reminding them of their failure, reminding them of their shame, reminding them of their past. It was there in black and white. You've failed. Big time. So just give up. They kept, they quit because people kept chalking up a score against them. This morning, maybe you feel like quitting because people are chalking up the scores that you've done wrong. Maybe you feel like quitting because you don't forgive yourself. Maybe you yourself are chalking up a score in your own life that looks like 240 nil. I may as well give up. God says, I choose to forget your sin. I choose to remember your sin no more. Your sin is as far away as the east is from the west. How far is that? Forever. Forever. Love chooses to, for, to forget. Love does not keep score. Is that fair? No. But it's his grace. It's his love. It's his compassion. It's his mercy. It's nothing I can do for you. But it's everything he can do for you. Even some of you in this room who are Christians today will feel shame and guilt because you've not completely let go. As we finish... Jesus took your punishment already. He died for your sin both yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't count it against you. You can choose forgiveness right now. You can have the mistakes erased, never to be brought up again. Do you know, Jesus won't remind you of your mistakes. The devil will, because his name is the accuser. When that voice in your head says you're useless, that's not God. That's the devil, because the God says you're precious. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. You're worth more than many sparrows. You're worth more. You are, you are my pride. You are my precious one. When the enemy says you're a mistake, God says, no, you're not. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. When the enemy whispers in your head, and sometimes it sounds like your own voice, love keeps no record of wrongs. Do you know what that means? None. Zilch. Nada. Zero. No wrongs. So there's no need to be ashamed of what's happened. There is a truth in the Bible that says we can walk in his light. We don't need to be ashamed. There is no condemnation to those who love Jesus. Do you love Jesus this morning? 
He says, the past is gone. Stop being ashamed because I'm not holding it against you. That's you yourself. That's the devil. Or maybe it's because you're holding stuff against other people, which means you're reminded of what you've held against yourself. Let it go. It's not Johnny that can set you free. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Love keeps no record of wrongs. God is love. We are encouraged to be likewise. Let's pray.